The sports industry is awesome, but that does not mean every job in the sports industry is awesome. It's no fun being in a job you don't like. It's no fun being in a culture that's not supportive. So how do we prevent this from becoming the norm for you? This is the Work in Sports Podcast. Here's VP of Content and Engage Learning at WorkinSports.com, Brian Clapp. Well, 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 here we go into December. And as many of you know, in December, we tend to do our best of the year. We like to bring back some of our favorite episodes. We like to really dig into these concepts and figure out those guests that just were really moving the needle for our audience. It's not just based on those that got the most downloads. It's based on those we think were the most impactful for all of you. And last week, we had our debut with Tamara Brown from the New England Patriots, a team reporter and producer. And we will have another best of coming up on Wednesday. But first... We have to still handle our Monday business. Our Monday business is your business. This is when you get a chance to ask questions. What do you need to know? What do you need more insight on? You can always email me, bclap at workinsports.com. You can message me on LinkedIn. You can DM us on Twitter at workinsports. Any of those methods work for asking your questions. And if they're good, we'll bring them to the show and we'll dig into the concept. So today's is a really good one. It's from Carol in Washington. Hi, Brian. I'm 25 and have had two jobs in the sports industry so far. Both have been a nightmare. I'm not losing hope, but I'm wondering how I could have sniffed out these bad opportunities before accepting the job. It really sucks to put a miserable year at a place and then realize it's a terrible fit and a wasted step. I don't want to make the same mistake again. Carol, I feel ya. Listen, the sports industry is awesome, but that does not mean every job in the sports industry is awesome. I guarantee you without knowing where you were working that it was not at a professional team. It was not at a college or university because those tend to be run pretty well. You might not always be happy. It might not be the perfect match, but I'm guessing it might have been a startup or it might have been a small firm, you know, doing some shady things. This happens. It happens in every industry. And, and sometimes you just find that they don't pay on time or there might be really weird schedules and they might have terrible bosses. So it's a realistic thing we all need to be aware of, appreciate, and learn from. So I'm glad you brought it up because I would love to pretend the sports industry is all sunshine and ponies, but it's not. It's not. Frankly, not everybody likes sunshine and ponies. But no, in all seriousness, like there are bad employers out there. There are bad jobs out there and that happens. So how do we prevent this from becoming the norm for you. You've fallen into this trap twice. And I'm sure a lot of you listening out there have fallen into the trap or are about to enter this interview process and are wondering like, oh man, you know, somebody might offer me a job and it won't be a great job. You have to be on the lookout for red flags. And there are some that are very obvious and there are some that are very subtle. And that's the conversation we're going to have today. Your job when you're a job seeker is to be somewhat cynical. And I know that's a terrible approach to have. And trust me, I am an uplifting, positive thinking, everything's going to work out kind of guy. I see the silver lining in just about everything. It annoys people because I tend to be a pretty happy person and that can bother others sometimes. But my point in this is that I have to be cynical sometimes in these processes of interviewing and you have to think like, does the employer see this world and this reality the same way I want to be seen? Think about how you will fit into it, not just be, I want to get to yes, I want to get to accepting, to think about how this could go wrong and think about whether you're really aligned. So so let's get into some of these obvious and somewhat subtle red flags because you have to be skeptical. You have to think about this 
really diligently. And trust me, in the end, if then you decide to say, yes, this is the right position, I'm going to go for it, you're going to go for it with more confidence because you went at it from a somewhat cynical approach because you were questioning things, you were curious, you were trying to learn, you were trying to see if there was a hidden message in there that you needed to really pay attention to. Then when you say yes and it works out, you're going to feel like, I'm proud of myself because I did the due diligence here, I did the work. So let's go through some of these, these things that could go wrong. So number one, do they give you a pressure ultimatum? This job will explode in a very short time period. If somebody is telling you we need to know within 24 hours, that to me is unrealistic and is not fair. And I think that shows a lack of respect to your desire, the job seeker, to be thorough for a decision that will impact your life. Like you're looking to make a decision that you're going to commit to for a year out of your life or longer you should be able to vet that decision once they've made you an offer, made it the salary negotiation clear, the benefits, all those things. You should have time to make a decision. And 24 hours to me is not a reasonable time frame. If somebody says to you, hey, we'd like to know by the end of the week and it's like Tuesday, that's totally fine. That's reasonable. We're going to set somewhat of boundaries here. But if they're trying to make it fast, 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 you have to think to yourself, okay, how do they run their organization then? Well, it probably lacks attention and intention and they lead with emotion and impulse, like fast, 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 rather than really sitting back and saying like, we want our people to be thoughtful. We want to make informed, intelligent decisions. We want to be an organization that thinks more intentionally. Additionally, I think they're trying to manipulate you. If they're saying we need to hear a response from you within the next 24 hours, they're trying to give off an impression of fear that they have other options. And therefore, they're trying to take away your leverage. What they're trying to prevent you from doing is negotiating. They're trying to prevent you from saying, wait, I want to, I want to discuss salary. I want to discuss benefits. Oh, I have to make a decision quickly because you have other people you're going to choose and I need to decide in 24 hours. To me, it's a total manipulation. They don't need you to respond in 24 hours. They're trying to present you with enough fear that you will back away from negotiating and you will just accept and move on and they can move on faster. It's to benefit them. So now ask yourself, if they're willing to manipulate me during the interview process, which should be a honeymoon period where I'm seeing their absolute best, They're going to manipulate me when I'm on the job. They're going to manipulate me in the way that I work. They're going to manipulate me in my day to day. That is a massive red flag. So if they're putting these ultimatums on you early, see that manipulation and be wary about it. A couple days to make a decision, that's fair. 24 hours or less, not fair. Okay, number two. In this process, does anybody talk poorly about coworkers or previous employees? Chances are, if that's the case, they're going to do the same to you when you work there, that they are not comfortable or they're very comfortable talking smack about other people. You're going to be their next victim. And if that's not a work environment that you can thrive under, then do not accept. It's like that whole cheating metaphor of like, if a guy cheats on his girlfriend and you're that, that girlfriend he cheated on, he's probably going to cheat on you later too. It's like, that's the way, if they operate that way, they're probably going to operate that way into the future. Same thing, if they're willing to talk smack about their coworkers and employ, employees or past workers or anything like that, chances are they're going to do the same thing to you. You don't want that environment. You don't want that to be a situation you live with and accept. So what do you look for? So we always do at iHire, work in sports parent company, iHire. When we're doing our hiring process, there's always a panel interview and that's cross-functional. So there'll be somebody from the marketing team, somebody from the sales team, somebody from the product team, and we all get to interview the candidate. You, if you're that candidate, 
watch the behavior amongst those team members on the screen. Because if they don't seem to get along and they don't seem to work well together or be aligned, that's a massive red flag that these groups don't work well organizationally. That's a poor structure. Maybe there's animosity. There's not a lot of organizational culture building. Like the groups don't get along together. These are big red flags. So if you hear people talking smack or rolling their eyes or giving weird looks, that is a big sign of not only how you'll be treated, but how the organization is structured as well, because that's a cultural thing big time. Number three, are the answers to your questions extremely general or lacking clarity? So your big job during an interview process is to have questions you ask back to the interviewer. Every interviewer is going to say, what questions do you have for me? And it's imperative that you have good questions to ask at that point. I know I just referenced that we do uh, you know, panel interviews that I hire. I just had one uh, with a new hire, but we were in this panel interview and this person asked the, some of the smartest questions, I'll give him a shout out, Jason Danini, who just joined the, the team at iHire. He asked some of the smartest questions at the end. So when we said, hey, we want to give you some time to ask questions of all of us, you know, what questions do you have? He asked really, really smart questions. And I remember telling the hiring manager, I was so impressed with the questions he asked back. It was very thoughtful. He wanted to understand data, certain things that were important for his job. Like, I really, really liked that. That made a good impression. So I know I'm going on a tangent there, but that's an important part of this process. You should be able to get in an interview process really smart answers to your questions. And if you're not getting that, you got to ask yourself, what are they hiding? Either they don't know or they don't want to share. Either one, big problem. Number four, excessive number of interviews. If an organization has a really super long hiring process and you're not a C-level employee, meaning like CEO, CMO, you know, chief technology officer, chief financial officer, I mean, those are high, high, high level roles. And if you're hiring that person, you're going to have a long interview process. But if you're interviewing for an entry-level or mid-level job, um, sorry, but it shouldn't be 10 parts. It should not have 10 phases or more. You should not be having a phone interview, a video interview, a cross-functional interview, a group interview, a, a panel interview, then back to a one-on-one -on -one interview. And then, I mean, come on, come on. The, it can be a sign that the team or the organization is overly consensus-driven. They're indecisive or they have issues driving things to completion. And that is a big indicator of how the organization works. Not everybody's good at being decisive. People are sometimes wishy-washy, but you need to have decision makers in an organization or you're always going to flounder somewhere in the middle. It's always going to be chaos because nobody's going to have any clear directives. You're not going to know the organizational mission and structure and purpose. You're never going to grow. You're never going to advance in your career because people are going to be wishy-washy. Like, I'm not trying to project this out ridiculously far. I'm not saying it needs to be, you know, one interview make a decision, but if it starts lingering, that is generally a big flat red flag. I will tell you, my first job, hired at CNN Sports Illustrated, production assistant, entry-level job, two interviews. Two interviews on the phone, and it was starting two weeks, right? That's a normal process for an entry-level job. My second job, which was to be a news director of, a, of Fox Sports Northwest, which was a pretty major organization. I was going to be managing a huge budget, managing a lot of people. I had three interviews. And one of them was them flying me out to meet the team. I flew from Atlanta to Seattle. First class, by the way, which is pretty cool. Made a pretty good impression. 
I think they made a mistake. I don't think that was intentional, but nonetheless, I liked it. They were showing their intention and their commitment to me if they were willing to fly me out cross country for an interview. So I felt like it was progressing. I will tell you, I had an interview with, I'll say the name, whatever, New England Sports Network. This was probably seven years ago to be the VP of production. Dream job. Always wanted to work back in my hometown market of Boston. I had a friend that was working there already, Sean Allen, who's an amazing producer, who has a Stanley Cup ring from when the Bruins won because he was working at Nesson on the time at the time, which made me extremely jealous. I went through an interview process with them, and it was like thirteen interviews, and it was a really big red flag to me that they were not able to commit to me, and they were not able to make decisions, and I ended up turning down the opportunity. Sorry, Sean. Love you, man. Okay. Number five, are they constantly moving your invites around? Do you schedule, you have a scheduled interview and then they call you and say, oh, we need to move this time. Oh, we need to move this time. Oh, we need to move this time. This happens and you're the interviewer, right? So you're thinking like, oh, I want to be flexible and I want to be agreeable and I want to be okay and work with them on their terms. And sure, I'm willing to concede, move it to whenever you want. It's still got to be a really big red flag because it probably means they aren't very organized or very structured. And if they're not organized or structured in this interview process where they're trying to put their best foot forward, how are they going to run as an organization? Or they're super frantic. You know, they don't have enough staff. And so they're all over the place and they're frantic and they're like, "Ah, I can't do it at that time. I've got this other meeting and you got to move this for me. If they're operating that way too, what is that red flag? That red flag is that they're probably overworking their staff. They're probably understaffed and they're going to expect you to work all the time. And they're probably going to say, and by the way, you don't get paid very much. So if they're taking your interview and moving the date on it all the time and moving things around, once is fine. Two or three times, that's a lot. That's got to be a red flag to you that they're not structured, they're not organized, and that will indicate how they operate as a business too. And if they're not structured or organized as a business, that's going to be a hard work life for you. Number six, are they paying attention to you during the process or are they paying attention to their email or their phone or other things like that? I've seen this before. I've had a lot of people report back on this to me before that they've been in an interview process and the person has been not all that interested, not all that paying attention. You were talking like you're talking to a brick wall. That's unfortunate. People shouldn't behave that way. But what it does tell you is even if they offer you the job and even if they say you're an amazing match, your one-on-one meetings with that person, that's your manager, let's say, your one-on-ones with that person are going to be the same way. They're going to prioritize email and phone over you. They're not going to be focused on your growth. They're not going to be focused on what you need. They're going to be focused on what's happening next to them in their world, which is their email or their phone. So even if they think they can multitask and they can look at their phone and they can kind of manage that a little bit while they're like, oh yeah, sure, I'm hearing everything you're saying. And they're looking down at their phone. They're not. They're not present. They're not there. And if they're not there during the interview process, they're not going to be there for you as you're starting out your career, as you're needing training, as you're needing questions answered. They're not going to be focused on what you need. And that is a big red flag. These are a lot of red flags. I'm telling you, it's not that terrible out there, but there are some instances that are going to, this is going to resonate with you. So you have to listen to these moments. You have to sense your inner instinct, your little spidey sense saying something doesn't feel right there. If any of these things are happening to you, you have to question whether this is going to be a good decision for you for the next year. Because you want to stay at a job for a year, hopefully. And if that's the case, you got to make sure it's the right one. One more thing I want you to keep a look at. The questions they ask. This one's a little bit more nuanced. I I want to be honest about that. It's a little bit more nuanced, but I do think it's important. Now, I think experience and skills and things you've achieved are very important. I ask a lot of questions about that during our interview process because I want to validate what you say on your resume. Okay, But I ask a lot of other questions too. If somebody's only asking about your skill set and your experiences, that can be a red flag that they do not want to train you. 
that they want you to come in and just be able to do the job and sit over in that corner and do this task that I need doing because I don't want to do it anymore. Right. So they're not really going to be that concerned with your growth. They're not going to be really concerned with your upside, your three year plan, your five year plan. They're going to be concerned with, I'm just going to use you as a pawn to do certain things that I don't want to do, that I may have managed before or taken care of, that I want to get taken off my plate. So it can be an indicator, not saying all the time, but if all the questions are about, can you do this? Have you done that? Tell me about a time you did this exact thing. If it's super specific in an area and only about your experience, not about you as a person, and not about your soft skills and not about those other things you bring to a table, that can be a red flag. And again, I want to reiterate, it's tough out there. If we're heading into a recession and jobs contract a little bit, and so if companies, like I was saying on last week's show, maybe they offer 10 account manage, account executive jobs a year or a season, and this year we're only going to do four, like it tightens, everything tightens. So when you're out there looking for jobs and you you start to interview or whatever, I still think you can't just open up the world and say, anybody who offers me, I'm going to take. You still have to be selective. You still have to say to yourself, is this the right fit for me? Does this set me on the position I want to go? Does this, is this going to make me happy and fulfilled? Because, I mean, it's no fun, as Carol has is, is emphasized here, it's no fun being in a job you don't like. It's no fun being in a culture that's not supportive. It's no fun being in a place that doesn't build you up and help you grow. So just think about that as you, as you go through these processes. If any of these things are happening, especially if two or three or four of them are happening, massive red flag. If only one happens, maybe that's an isolated incident. Maybe this person's not that great at interviewing, you know, whatever. But if all of them are happening or if two or three of them are happening, you have to start to question the veracity of the, of the organization and how it's going to be for you projecting forward. So be a little bit cynical in this process. I hope that's helpful. Carol, thanks for your question. Please continue to send in your questions. I want to help. That's what we're here for. We'll have more Monday podcasts answering your questions. We'll have more best of episodes for the rest of the year. And then we'll hit January hard like we always do. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'll see you on Wednesday for another best of 2022 episode.